0: Place. And here's the thing. Is God really saying that there are many paths that all lead really to the, to the same place? That's our question for today. So, what are some of these different paths that some people choose to follow? Let's go through a small list of those today. There are thousands. We're just going to talk about a handful. The first one we're going to talk about is the Hindu path. Now, there are about 915 million, almost a billion, Hindus. And their God is actually 330 million gods Who all kind of come together in some way and form one main God. And they teach, though, that this God can really never be known. Um, And they also teach this that this God is the only real thing, that everything else is simply an illusion, it's not real. So they would teach that your body, your physical body, and this physical earth we're on, really, that is all just an illusion. But your physical body, that's this illusion of a body. It does have a soul, a tiny, tiny piece of this one main God. Now, your soul, they would teach, is mixed with some bad. And you are going to continually reincarnate, which means when you die, you will, you will come back to life as either another person or an animal, possibly even an insect if you were really bad. And you will come back, but you will continue to reincarnate because you are on a journey and you can end that cycle of reincarnation if one of three ways. Either if you have enough good works, you can end that cycle. Or if you gain enough knowledge uh, of the Hindu teaching and the Hindu Religion, or the third way you can end that cycle of reincarnation is through devotion. So basically, you could summarize it to say this if you can become good enough, it will all end. And this path, this Hindu path, none of those 320 million gods are the God of the Bible. And this path does not lead to him. Buddhism. Let's talk about that for a moment. There are 250 million uh, who practice Buddhism. Now, this is strange to list it as a religion, although it is. But this is a religion that really doesn't have a god at all. They don't have a god. Buddhism is really a cycle of self-perfection. It's all about you making you a better person. And you also, they teach this, similar to Hindu, you will be reincarnated constantly. Every time you die, you'll be reincarnated until you make yourself perfect. That's when it will end. The cycle of reincarnation at that point will end. And when it ends, you don't go to a paradise, you don't go to a heaven. At the end of it, you're just extinct. That's it. Once you become perfect, it's over. No more of you. You're just gone. Now this, this is a path. It's it's a religion of no God, but it is a path and it does not lead you toward the God of the Bible. Here's another one. Let's talk about this. This is another world religion. This one's huge. The second largest religion in all of the world. It is Islam and there are 1.7 billion who practice Islam. Now this was founded by a man named Muhammad at the end of the seventh century, which means about 600 years after Christ was here on earth, when he died on the cross and he rose again. 600 years after that point, Muhammad uh, founds this religion. Uh, They teach that there is one God. Now, the Arabic word for God is Allah. Now, this is important. You probably didn't know this. This is the Arabic word for God is Allah. So if you're talking to a Christian who is Arabic... In his language, if he's going to talk about God, his Arabic word for God, even for a Christian, is Allah. If you're a Jewish person and you're Arabic, your Arabic word for God as a Jewish person is Allah. Now, this is interesting and confusing because if a Christian is talking about God and calling him by name in Arabic, if he's Arabic, he's going to talk about Allah. If he's Muslim he's going to talk about Allah it's the same word but it is not the same god it is very very different that's important to understand now islam is the religion a muslim is a person who is following the islam religion and not all middle eastern people are muslim not all middle eastern people who speak arabic are Muslim? They're just not. They're not all Muslim. There's there are Arabic uh, Christians and there are Arabic Jewish people. Not all of them are Muslim, but the Muslims do teach this. They teach that salvation will happen only if you follow their holy book, which is the Koran, and it was written by Muhammad. And if you follow that book, and if you follow what they call the five pillars of Islam, we're not going to go over those today. But if you follow that, you have potential, you have potential uh, to have salvation, what they would call salvation. Now, Muslims reference our Bible, parts of it. They they have respect for the books of Moses in our Bible. They have respect for the Psalms of David in our Bible. They have respect for the teachings of Jesus in our Bible, but they feel like all of that is corrupt. So they have some respect for it, but they feel like it is all corrupt, so they don't follow that. They only follow their, their book, the Koran, which was written by Muhammad. Um, and that's the only book for them to follow. That's what they teach. And they also teach this, that only Muslims will be in paradise one day, but not all Muslims will be, just some. So, after a Muslim dies, they teach that God, their God, will judge them and determine if they lived the good Muslim life enough to get into paradise. You see, Muhammad himself, he taught that, he said, "I, I don't even know if I'm going to be in paradise. I have no idea. And he's the one who created the religion, he didn't know if he could get in. their, Their holy book gives them one single way to know for sure, without a shadow of any doubt, that they will make it, according to their religion, into paradise, only one guarantee. And here it is. If you die for Islam while you're fighting idolaters, then you will get into paradise. That's what they teach. It's a guaranteed end. No matter how you've lived your life, no matter what you've done, if you die fighting for Islam... You get into paradise. Now, what is fighting idolaters? What's an idolater for Islam? It is anyone who is not a Muslim. That's an idolater. And fighting idolaters, there's a term for that in Islam, and it's called jihad. Now, the radical see jihad as an external, a physical, real war a real war including all terror a real real war against any people and their god who are not muslim and their holy book the quran actually gives them permission and it to quote to slay idolaters wherever you may find them now almost 400 million muslims claim to be okay with, they're all right with, they're in agreement with killing anyone who's not a Muslim, 400 million. Now that may not, that might sound like a lot to you, but it might not. When you compare the total, the total Islamic faith of 1.7 billion compared to 400 million, it's, you know, it's not that great of a number. But then you think of it like this, if you think of it like me, it only took 19 jihad extremist Muslims to kill 3,000 people in one day on September the 11th, 2001. Only 19. And there's 400 million who say, yeah, that's, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Muslims. That's pretty spectacular to me. But most Muslims the vast majority of Muslims are not radical extremists. Most are moderates. And they see jihad not as a real battle or war. They see jihad as something that's internal, mainly a spiritual kind of internal battle, not a political war, not a war of terror. They see it as something. That's the vast majority. So Islam, this is a path, but their God is not the God of the Bible, and their path does not lead toward Him. So let's, let's talk about something a little closer to home. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, the current term for them that's kind of acceptable is LDS, and that's Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so they just kind of abbreviate it LDS. The old term that is not as acceptable today is called Mormon. Now, there are only 15 million Mormons, but when you look throughout the internet and TV, and it seems like there are so many more, and really the reality is because they have a lot, a lot, a lot of money in this religion, and so they're able to really publicize it. It feels like it's much bigger. But let's talk about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the LDS, the Mormons, They were founded in the United States in the 1800s. And they have a prophet who is the leader of the whole religion. And that prophet, whoever it is, whoever is the current prophet, speaks with the authority of God. And so whatever that prophet says, it is as if it's coming straight from God. So whatever they say goes and whatever one prophet says it can reverse anything that has come before him from all the other prophets cuz the current prophet has the current word from God that's what they teach and whatever the prophet says is equated with scripture so it's highly important whatever that person says they use their own version of the bible so they have a bible very similar to ours their own version but they're true Book that they use. They have the Bible, but the book that they really use that supersedes the Bible is more important than the Bible is the Book of Mormon. And the Book of Mormon was, you know, written by uh, the guy who kind of founded uh, the whole thing back in the 1800s. Um, Now, this is important to understand. They use some of the same terminology and words that we use. They talk about God and they talk about Jesus. They talk about um, salvation. They talk about uh, uh, just uh, their, their language is very similar to what we use and what we talk about. But the difference is their definitions of those words are very different than what they are defined in God's word in the Bible they have their own definitions their own understandings of those words if you don't believe me let me let me just kind of let me let me summarize by saying this even though jesus christ is christian in the name of their religion this is not a christian religion you can summarize this to say they are a christian deviation and that's just a pretty way the old word that they used to say about this The old word would be cult. They don't say that anymore because it's harsh. This is a Christian deviation. They have left the Christian message way behind. They use still some of the same words, but they are not Christian. Let me give you an example to help you understand what I'm talking about. Here's what they teach. This is what, even though some of the words are the same, this is what they are really teaching, and so let me help you understand. They're not Christ followers. They believe that God and his wife are God over earth. This is their domain. He is God over earth. That's what they believe. And if you are a Mormon man and you live the good Mormon life, and if your wife lives the good Mormon life as well, it requires both of you, Then if you are a man and you live the good Mormon life, which includes following all of the commands in the Book of Mormon, and it includes, you know, things like um, wearing day and night your temple garment, which you say, what's a temple garment? Well, that's a special pair of underwear you get at a special ceremony, and if you wear that day and night, follow all of the Book of Mormon uh, rules and laws and regulations, then... If you've lived that really well as a man, then one day you will become God over your own planet. You'll have your own planet. Just like God is God over earth, you will have your own planet and you will be God over your own planet. And your wife, she would have had to live the good Mormon life as well. And if she did, then she will be your wife You will be God, you'll be the God and kind of her husband, and she'll be your wife. Now you say, well, if he gets to be God, what does she get to do? Well, this is pretty special. If you are the wife of this God, then your job is to perpetually, for eternity, birth celestial beings to populate your planet, which means that's just a fancy way of saying Ladies, you have arrived. You get to have babies your entire life through eternity. All through eternity, you're just going to have babies. (coughs) Excited? You don't sound excited about that. Well, that's what they teach. That's what they teach. That's the basic. Now, um, the LDS, the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, they are not christian even though they use some of the same terminology they're not christians this is a path clearly it's a path and even though they use some of the same words and they even use jesus christ and they even use the bible that we have that's superseded by that book but even though it is a path but their god is not the god of the bible And this path does not lead to him. Let's talk about another one that's close to home. The Jehovah's Witnesses. Now there's only 8 million of these folks worldwide. This also was founded in the United States and it was founded also in the 1800s, kind of like the LDS was founded. They also use a Bible, very similar to ours, but it has their own unique translation. Um, they will use some of the mainline translations as they go witnessing door to door, but their translation is very special and very important. Um, they teach this, that only people of this church specifically, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses, will one day be in paradise. They don't believe, as our Bible reads, that Jesus is God. So this is one reason why their personal Translation of the Bible is so important because they change that to reflect that belief. They teach that Jesus, not God, he was not God, but Jesus was the first thing that God created. And Jesus was created as Michael, the archangel. And so Jesus slash Michael, the archangel, was with God during all the creation this was before he was given a human body. He's Jesus slash Michael, the archangel. And then once he's given the human body, then he's Jesus here on earth. Then he died, and then he went to be with God in heaven, where he once again became Michael, the archangel. That's what they teach. Now, this is an important distinction. They do not believe that Jesus is God. He was just simply a good man, and he he lived a clean, pure life. That's what they teach. They also teach that there will be only 144,000 people with Jesus in heaven in eternity. And that number of 144,000 will be made up only of Jehovah's Witnesses, and, and really, largely, it will be only people. That's what they teach, the Jehovah's Witnesses back in the 1900s. That's what they teach. They say there will be a few exceptions to that, but largely that will be it. Most of the people who are Jehovah's Witnesses, because we said, what, there's like 8 million or so? So most of them are hoping that they will simply be second-class citizens in eternity. And they won't get to be in heaven, but they'll get to be in a paradise here on earth, not with Jesus, not in heaven just here on earth with other Jehovah's Witnesses. And here's what they teach. If you want to make it to that paradise, here's what you have to do. There's four requirements. First, you have to take in knowledge, which means this. You have to attend five one-hour meetings every single week. Second thing, you have to obey all of the commands of God, which includes not just the Bible, it includes obeying the commands of their governing authority for the church, which is an organization called the Watchtower. If you've ever gotten literature at your house, one of them, one of the pieces was from the Watchtower. And they equate that, whatever's in there, they will equate with Scripture. So you have to obey all the commands I mean, you have to attend all the meetings, you have to obey all the commands, which includes the, whatever the watchtower says, and then you have to be baptized into the organization. And as part of that, then you have to go door to door and you have to witness. That's part of being a Jehovah's witness. You have to go to door, door to door and uh, witness to people about how they can too can be a second-class citizen in paradise here on earth. And if you miss out... On becoming a Jehovah's Witness, because only Jehovah's Witnesses will be in paradise, they have created a new third-class citizen in eternity. And that means they they teach this, that billions of people, after they die and after eternity kind of gets underway, will be um, given a second opportunity. They'll be raised to life, placed here on earth in the paradise, and they will be given an opportunity to serve God if they missed out while they were on earth but they can only remain this third-class citizen in eternity they can only remain in that paradise if they live sinless for one thousand years it is very important to note they use some of the same names terms and words that we use as christians but they have very different definitions of those words. And those definitions and those meanings that they have make them, even though they sound like a Christian religion, they make them a non-Christian religion, a Christian like the LDS, deviation, which means they have left the true teachings of Jesus. They've left that. They've deviated from that. You see, this is a path. And even though they use a book very similar to our book, very similar to our Bible, they teach that Jesus is not who Jesus told us that he was. They do present a plan and they do present a path to God, but it is not the plan and it is not the path that God has given us in his word. You see, their plan their path actually leads us away from God, away from Jesus and His truth. Now, these things I've just presented, it's just a sampling of the paths that are out there, just just a tiny sampling of the religions that are out there. But listen, Christianity is different. With Christianity, we don't point you towards a religion Neither do we point you toward a leader and say, look at me. Listen, I, listen, guys, I have got the key. I figured it out. Or God has told me something very special that will save the world. He only told me, so I'm passing it on to you. I, you need to listen to me. We don't, I, I've got the way. Just follow me. We don't point you toward one of our leaders who has a new word from God. No, 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 no. We We point you to Jesus. We point you toward a walking, talking, listening, living relationship with Jesus. A relationship with God. Not a religion. It's a relationship. It is God himself doing for us what is impossible for us. There is no religion in the world that has a savior. In the rest of the world, everyone has to earn their way for themselves. But sadly, God has told us in his word, it is impossible for us to earn our way. So guess what? God had to do it for us. And it takes a relationship with God to get in on his plan it takes a relationship with God to get in on his path religion is what I must do to get God to love me relationship is what Jesus did for me religion is all about me but relationship is all about Jesus religion says do this And then this, and do this. But relationship says, done. It's already been done for you. Religion says, if I obey, then just maybe God will love me. But relationship says, because God does love me, I want to obey. I'm compelled to obey. Religion is about, we have to. To do this, we just have to do this. Relationship is, we get to. Religion is obligation. Relationship is my free response. See what we're describing? It's not a mountain. It's not a mountain with many different paths all coming up from different directions and different ways of thinking, all leading to the same place. It's not that way. Yes. Every religion is a path. Absolutely, it is a path. And there is, in every religion, there is some kind of truth there. And there are some beautiful things inside of that religion and that path. Yes, each one is a path. And each one of those is a path leading away from God. And that is why Jesus made it so clear, perfectly clear. He showed us which path to choose. If you want to get to God, he told you which path to choose. Listen to how he puts it in words in John chapter 14, starting with verse 1. Jesus said, don't, he's talking to a small group of his close followers here. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. He said, trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. He said, if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? He's talking about eternity in heaven with Jesus. Verse three, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And then he kind of starts toying with them just a moment here. Listen to what he says. And, and you know the way to where I'm going. And he knew what their response was going to be. Because at this point, they freak out. They're like, well, wait a minute. You just want us to meet you there? You know? I mean, I, mean you, I, I, I have no idea where you're going. And that's what they say. No, 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 no. We don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have absolutely no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Thomas is saying, we want to be there with you, Jesus. We want to be on the right path. If you're saying there's a way and we need to know it, then we need to know it. Please tell us the way. I don't know how to get there. And Jesus answers it in verse 6. Jesus told him. It's like he's saying, Thomas, wait, wait, wait. You do know the way. You do know the way. He said, I am God. The way, Thomas, how long have we been traveling together? Years we've been together, Thomas. In a relationship together, a friendship together, a brotherhood together. Years we've been traveling together. And you know me. And me is the way. You know the way personally. You, Thomas, have a relationship with the way. He said, I am the way. The truth and the life. And then, then he clarifies this path so crystal clear. No one can come to the Father except through me. Thomas, no one, zero, Zilch. Nada. Absolutely not one single person will go to the Father except through me. Nada. No way. The world looks at that statement. The world around us today looks at that statement and they say, How narrow minded. That is so exclusive to say. How dare you say that Jesus is the only way, and unless we go through Jesus, then we're not going to be in heaven. How dare you? That's the problem with Christianity. And all of you Christians, that's the problem. But here's the real problem. They don't get it. They're they're sidetracked. That is not Jesus keeping a secret. That is not Jesus saying, hey, listen, guys, I'm just going to tell you. Hey, shh, keep keep this down, keep this quiet. Let everyone else go wherever they want to go. But you guys come this way. This is the way. Listen, this is the way. You want to get to heaven? You want to be with the Father in heaven? This is the way. Shh, don't tell them. Let them just do whatever they're going to do. You come this way and follow me. They don't get it. That was not Jesus keeping a secret. That was Jesus hollering to the world, no, 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 don't, world, don't go that way. Don't go down that path that you're following. No, 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 don't go that way. That way is leading away from God. That's leading away from God. No, 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 don't go there. Come over here, world, friends, come over here, come this way. This is the way. This is the path. It's not hidden. It's right here. Come here. All of you who will, anyone who will, come here. I am the way. A relationship with me, with the way, the truth, and the life. Because no man can get to where they want to get with the Father unless they come this way. Come over here. Come this way. World, I am the way. Jesus was not making it exclusive for just a handful who would quietly follow him. Jesus did not want anyone to follow the wrong path thinking they were going to make it to the top of the mountain, that they were all going to the same place. He wanted it to be very clear. If you want to make it to the Father, don't go that way. Come this way we simply end with this this morning as the band makes their way to the front. If you have not already, will you choose this morning to follow the path of Jesus? And you can do that right now. If you are agreeing with me in your heart and you're saying to Jesus right now, Jesus, you are Emmanuel, which means God here to live among us. Jesus, that's you. And you came to this earth to sacrifice yourself, to die on a cross for the sins of the whole world. And if in your heart you're saying, Jesus, you purchased, with your death on the cross, you purchased my life. So right now, I'm giving you my life right now at this moment. You are now the owner of me I was my owner, now you are my owner. I give my life to you. I was my own boss, but now I make you the boss of my life. I'm yours, Jesus, and I will follow you. And if that is what your heart is saying this morning, here's what I ask. Would you simply mark your connection card? During these next two songs that we sing, would you mark your connection card on the back and say, I am making Christ Jesus, the boss of my life, right now. And here's the second thing. For everyone in this room, will you do this? If you've chosen to follow Jesus, will you join with us at Stuttgart Harvest Church to help make Jesus known? Will you lovingly, with grace and kindness and mercy, with love and tenderness, will you point other people toward Jesus so that they can know how to get on the path? Will you join us? Now let's pray. God, it was our weaknesses that you carried, Jesus. It was our sorrows that weighed you down and you were pierced for our rebellion. You were crushed For our sins. You were beaten so that we could be whole. And you were whipped so that we could be healed. Jesus, all of us like sheep. We have gone astray. We have left your path to follow our own. And yet, God, you laid upon yourself the sins of us all. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us. Thank you for being to us the way, the truth, and the life, our clear path to God. And it is in your name, Jesus, God, who came to live among us. In your name, Jesus, we pray.